Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, welcome to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being patient. We're a little behind today. We had some technical difficulties, but we're up and running, LeVon. We got it going. We got everything set, man. Mm-hmm. I got it before we get started here. And, and I, you know, we got our sponsors. And I want to thank them first, uh, sponsored by uh, the Clemson Insider, uh, the most complete coverage of Clemson athletics and recruiting. Also, uh, Tip It Back Sports Grill, the place to be to watch your college football action this season. Uh, Tip It Back Sports is located at uh, 215 Pelham Road in Greenville, South Carolina. And then, of course, we want to thank the great folks at uh, betonline.ag. As always, appreciate you guys joining us today. Uh, we'll have more from our sponsors here in just a minute. But before we do that, guys, I don't know if you know this, but LeVon's just getting back really into town because he's it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. LeVon, tell the people where you were at on Sunday. I know where you were at. You were sending me pictures and stuff, and I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool where you were at. It was pretty cool. I was in Mexico City, and believe it or not, they have a tremendous fan base for their Pittsburgh Steelers. And me, Greg Lloyd, Maurice Pouncey, Cordell Stewart, and Lamar Woodley were all there together. So we got different classes of Pittsburgh Steelers in there from the 90s to the 2000s and beyond. And we just had an amazing time. The pictures I was showing you were from the Pepsi Center mm-hmm. in New Mexico. And there were over 3,500 crazy, and I mean crazy, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler fans. <laughs> I actually had a I actually had a young lady that came up to me. I was about to sign an autograph, and she was crying. Now that's rock star status. <laughs> It, it really is. I wouldn't know it, what that's like. I, 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 let me tell you what it's like, man. It's amazing. But she was crying. I mean, other people were like, it's such an honor. Oh, my God, Mr. Kirkland. And so on with the other guys. So they gave us an ovation when we went on stage. And that's what probably a lot of people saw when we were on stage. I stood up. I wasn't going to kneel down. And the fan, that fan base went berserk. It went nuts. It did. It was so awesome. It really was. Yeah, and the terrible towels were twirling. It was everything. Yes. As you guys, it was a watch party, and you watched right. the Clint, excuse me, the Pittsburgh at uh, Las Vegas Raiders game, mm-hmm. and of course a big victory for our Steelers, and it, that probably made it even more special, right, Levon? That it was a win, and especially played, over the Raiders. Yeah, especially over the Raiders, and they played mm-hmm. so well, and. Uh, yeah, so pretty cool, man. You were sending me pictures and stuff, and it was cool. And then the next day, um, Steelers.com, they did a story on you guys being there mm-hmm. and everything, and it, that was pretty cool, too. I, I sent you that shot so you could go read it. Um, yeah, so just great stuff, and, um, you know, that's awesome, man. And, yeah. you know, I wish it was as awesome. Now, I will say this. I know you were in Mexico City getting ready for all that. Mm-hmm. Death Valley was lit, dude, on Saturday. Yeah. It was lit. I, I saw some of the game. Yeah, while we were doing a tour, so I thought it. I thought it really came across very well. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that Clemson played well enough to win that game. And in a lot of ways, they probably should have won that game. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good to see us play up. Our defense played, I thought, pretty well for the most part. Um, handling their big receivers. So, yeah, it looked good, too. I was I was watching it on somebody's camera, somebody's phone the whole time. And um, the coverage was great, man. Death Valley looked amazing. It was a beautiful day. Only thing that didn't happen our way is that the Tigers came up with a loss. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that, kind of break it down a little bit, um, get into kind of what happened that transpired and led to that loss, Get give you all our opinion on what we thought from what we saw. Um, but before we all do that, as I mentioned earlier, let's let's thank our sponsors for helping us out. And like you said, sponsored we are sponsored by uh, the Clemson Insider, uh, the most complete coverage of Clemson athletics and recruiting. We appreciate Robert McRae allowing us to use their platform on YouTube and Facebook and all the places um, that we can be on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. Um, we do appreciate that that opportunity and, and to be there each and every week because we're there if you're just joining us for the first time. We are live. We do this every Tuesday at around 6.15. Uh, we'll go for about an hour or so and talk Clemson football. May throw in a little bit of Steelers that you just saw here and there. But most of the time, it's all about the Clemson Tigers and Clemson football. And so uh, we do this throughout the season, sprinkling a couple of them during the offseason as well. So uh, always remember to check us out each week on YouTube, on Facebook, and on uh, and on X if you can. Um, LeVon's got it on his page. You can go to my yes. page as well. Um, we got it at Steeler Will also on on X. So there's lots of different ways to find us as we're doing this live. And if you miss it and you want to come back later, it'll be on the Clemson Insiders um, YouTube page as well. So you can go back and rewatch it or watch it if you have if you just got to come in late and watch it. So um, if you can't be there live when we do it live, so it's always available to you. Uh, and you can go back and watch the old podcast if you want to as well. So we appreciate you joining us, and we appreciate the Clemson Insider doing this for us. And as I said, we also got our sponsors at Tippet Back Sports Grill, 215 Pelham Road in Greenville, South Carolina. That is the place to be this football season if you want to watch the NFL or college football. Uh, Tippet Back Sports has all the biggest games from around the country on their many TVs, including Clemson games, South Carolina games, and all the games from the Atlantic Coast Conference and the SEC. Um, if it's the NFL you're looking for, Tip Back Sports has all the Sunday games as they do the Sunday ticket. Uh, so they have all the home games for the Pittsburgh, excuse me, they have all the games for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. So if you're a Steelers fan and you're looking to, um, you know, find a Steelers bar in the area, you can go to Tip Back Sports Grill there as well. Um, so LaVon and myself are going to try to do a game like he just did over there where you, we, mm-hmm. we come in and do a show um and so we'll do a, a Steelers game and, and do the podcast at the same time so we'll let you know when we get that a- ironed out um we're working with Tim and his people over there at Tip Back Sports Grill but Tip Back Sports Grill is located at the Commons and Pelham Road it is open seven days a week on Mondays they have Twisted Trivia Night as well as Monday Night Football there's also karaoke and live music throughout the week on Friday nights they'll have live music every Saturday is college football all day long, and every Sunday, as I mentioned, is designated for the NFL and for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So go see Tim Seiko and his staff at Tippetback Sports Grill, located at the Commons at Pelham. Tippetback Sports Grill is the place to be for all your college and NFL action this season. 
We also want to thank Bet Online. As you know, football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates and statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, B L E A V for your uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, bet online where the game starts. And where we're going to start is we're going to start with the Clemson-Florida State game as the Tigers came on the short end of a uh, 31-24 overtime loss, LeVon, to the Florida State Seminoles. First of all, I want to say it was a great football game. It really Mm -hmm. was. I mean, you had everything you want in a football game. It was pretty clean for the most part. Really not any any penalties. I mean, there there were some that probably should have been called. I know some Clemson fans are going to talk about that. I want to talk mm-hmm. about that. There was also uh, – but there was uh, big plays on both sides. Both defenses made big plays. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but the only thing that um, disappointed on the Clemson end was the final score. Right. 31-24 loss. Get your thoughts initially on that. Yeah, Sure. I really thought it was a, a great game. I went back and watched the game over again. And Clemson probably could have won that game very easily. They really could. There was a there was some time when they were up 24-17, uh, I think. That was a, when he got sacked and it was a fumble, recover for a touchdown. That's huge. It would have been okay if it was just a sack. You know, you kept on the ball. Maybe you put the ball away. I thought defense was playing well enough where they could have stopped them. But that was the opportune time to put Florida State away. And what we did was kind of went backwards again and gave them an opportunity to tie the ball game. They did. Uh, we took it overtime and just didn't have enough to win that game. I think they're getting close to being a pretty good team. But – Again, we're letting things happen to us that is keeping us from winning. We're not making the key plays. We're, you know, in some form or fashion, we're doing something that kind of derails us. We're doing well at a certain point, playing great football. Then the next thing you know, we're fumbling the ball. Or another time that we'd always talk about these, Will, the momentum series. We had a momentum series, and at the very end, we let them score. And there were two opportunities. There was one where um, the safety, number nine, Minkins, I think his name is Minkins, right? He yep, lets, that's correct. He lets the guy, he's already off. He lets the guy um, go in for an easy slant to be a first down. What he could have done was played a little bit more inside leverage. And if he had played a little bit more inside, he'd been able to break on that ball or make him throw a tougher pass. An inside pass is very easy. Slant is very easy for most quarterbacks to make. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand why he was so deep back there on that. I don't know if you remember it was before <clears throat> the touchdown that he sneaked on. And right. Then on, <laughs> and then on that, uh, on that, he also busted on the touchdown on, yeah. on the their and, first and touchdown. Then, though. And then on that, when um, Travis scored on a sneak, we had a guy that was in a head up position, zero position, and then we had a guy who was shaded over the center in a one position. And we had nobody between the guard and the tackle mm-hmm. on a goal line situation. What did he do? He bounced off and went into. He, he went in, <laughs> and we, which was smart on his part. <clears throat> Travis went in. He snuck. He got stuff. Really, I don't know how he got stuff. And then he just bounced out and scored a touchdown. But that series before the half was kind of disappointing, especially on the defensive side. It mm-hmm. seemed like we stopped being aggressive. And they were able to – a quarterback like that, if he's not aggressive, he's going to be able to just march the ball down the field. Yep. He has enough weapons on the outside to do that. And we gave them the opportunity to say, hey, hey why don't you guys just score a touchdown before the halftime? He also got aided by a, um, a non-holding call. Yes. Should have should have should have happened uh, because and it was I'm, right in front of the official. And it's like, there's no way you missed that call. And I, I'm so happy for my man, Xavier Thomas. I thought he rushed the passer very well. Man, he balled. He really did. He got out the passer, man. And if he can continue to do that, that's going to be a plus for the Tigers. But it was just plays like that that you're like, man, if the Tigers can just finish, like Mafia, at some point, I know he's a big bat, but at some point, he can't let people just catch him from behind. Also, simply, you got to be able to get to that second level and say, I, I'll see you later. Nobody should be able to catch you. Mm-hmm. So there's little things that we're not doing that's really killing us <clears throat> as a football team. To be honest with you, we're sitting here at two and two, but Easily, the Tigers should be four enough. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, no way, but really, they should be. You look at the Duke game, all the mistakes there. You look at the Florida State game, some of the crucial mistakes there. And really, I thought they played well enough to win that game. And I was, in a lot of ways, I was encouraged that they played as well as they did against Florida State. Yeah, the Duke game, when I look back at it, like Clemson just didn't play well. And uh, but Duke, I thought was the better team in the game because Duke played better the whole game, and so Clemson had opportunities to 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 do things in that game, and they just didn't get it done. Duke did, and you give Duke the credit, right? In this game, there's no doubt Clemson was the better team. And, yeah, I thought they played better. I thought they played. They, yes. they played a lot better than I thought they were going to play. They they did play better than you thought. They played what I thought they would do. If you remember. I said, I think I love this matchup with Clemson uh, DBs and these uh, wide receivers. And I know everybody and their mama thought I was crazy when I said that, but I liked the matchup because I liked where Clemson was and their length on defense mm-hmm. and the way the secondary. And <clears throat> I thought Clemson could get after Jordan Travis because I wasn't impressed with Florida State's run game, especially if he wasn't really going to be involved much in it, which he right. wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Um, and, you know, I, I saw. All those things, I thought, now, I didn't think the offense would play as well as it played. I'm going to admit that mm-hmm. um, uh, because Cave Klubnik and the offense and those wide receivers really stepped up, and they played great in right. the game. Florida State, in the first half, they held Clemson like 30 yards rushing. 
Mm-hmm. So Clemson got those uh, 17 points by throwing the football and throwing the football well. And 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 so kudos to them. Now in the second half, Clemson was able to run the football more. Right. And and they did that. But in the first half, Clemson knew that Florida State wasn't gonna let them run the ball. So kudos to those guys for stepping up and also for Garrett Riley having a great attack. And I'll say this, and we're gonna talk about the coaching staff in a minute. I really enjoyed or really was impressed with how Dabo Sweeney and his staff had them ready to play. Yeah, you know what? It did seem like the energy was a whole lot better. Um, they seemed like a team that was emotional. They seemed like a team that was um, ready to play, unlike the Duke game. And a lot of times it's about the energy when you're talking about football. Are you bringing the energy? Are you bringing the fight? And it seemed like they were doing that. And at one point in time, they really seemed to be in control of the game. You know, that fumble really cost us a little bit. And we, and it's just, you know, Mafia probably didn't see that blitzer, and it was kind of a good blitz for them. And he just had a wide open shot, and he didn't miss it. I thought that also, I thought Riddle Stu, man, we got to be able to use him a whole lot more, especially in the red zone. He's a big target at around 6'5". I really don't know how much he weighs, but I think he's a guy that you can really attack most of their linebackers are in in between the hatches as far as the red zone is concerned. But the, the the Tigers really did show me something. And they, you know, so it's a long season. They still got a long time. They gotta they probably have to run the tables a little bit. But I saw a lot more promise than I saw in the Duke game. Sorry, I had my mute on. Okay. Because <laughs> I was coughing. Um so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I saw a lot more promise um, from this team. And I saw the coaching staff, I thought, did a great job, as we mentioned, getting them ready to play this game. And um, they adjusted well, I thought, too, with the second-half adjustments. West did a great job, held Florida State to one yard rushing um, in the right, second right. half, 130 total yards, um, and um, and just and went with five punts, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean – they they got off the field, had a lot of three and outs. Uh, they really got after Jordan Travis the entire game. And um, and then on the offensive side, you know, I thought they had a great game plan going in and made some adjustments, I think, uh, when they needed to in, in crucial moments, made plays. Uh, and, and I'm going to start off with, you know, you mentioned XT had a great game. I, XT I, did have a good game. Yes. XT was dominant. Um, I thought Nate Wiggins – was unbelievable my, on the back end. I mean, they could not, man. they couldn't throw anything on him. Right? My, my homeboy that I've been telling you about ever since after the Wake Forest game. Yeah. Not before, but after I told everyone on this show, uh, we'll also confirm that this guy's a player. He's a player. This, this guy's a next level player. No, oh, he's I'm talking about, I'm talking about being in the first round type of player. So yeah. he made some I money. Thought, I thought the whole secondary did a pretty good job. No, the second one, some of that one play, unbusted play. It, yeah, that one busted play where there's no way if they spread out like that, and that number three guy is on is that close that you let him get inside like that. It's just an easy throwing catch. Yeah, yeah, one busted. That was Mickens. He played the play fake, which yes. he shouldn't have. He played the play shouldn't fake have. and just in the middle of the field, wide open. Um, I also yeah. thought 
Trotter, but maybe Trotter was spying, and that's probably why, but he didn't get deep enough, I didn't think, either, right, yeah. um, on the play. But he might have been spying, and that might have been why he wasn't deep well, enough. Even if he was spying, he probably – I like the fact that you show, like, you could be coming, what we call sugaring the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of get deep on that as well. And also, I think that's a great time to play the game a little bit, and that means you can disguise a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you're Mickens, disguise that. Show them that, hey, I'm outside leverage, and then you can jump back inside. And I'm telling you, that's an interception. Yeah. And 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 it and it should have been and it would have been if he hadn't. But he, like I said, he he played the play fake and sucked up inside, and then it was over. Then at that point, the play was there. Great design, good call by them. And 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 by the way, the fumble was a great call by Florida State because mm-hmm. that's that's what you call scouting and and understanding and film review. You saw Phil Moff was in the game. You said at that point, okay, if they're passing the ball here. We're blitzing right. the linebacker. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. going, and so they called the blitz. It was a basically he was he was a linebacker, but he's playing the nickel position in that situation. From and depth, so he he comes with the fire blitz and yeah. off the edge, and you know Moffa's got to stay in and recognize that and has to chip him there. If he chips him there, he probably doesn't get to Klubnik, and he gets the pass off and does what he wants to do. Right. A lot of people are like, Levon, you play football, you understand this. A lot of people were blaming some people, and I said a lot, some people were blaming Klubnik, saying he's got to know when to do, get rid of the ball. He's trusting that his guy has did his job as he's supposed right. to do. Mm-hmm. And so he's and also people don't understand he can't see what's behind because of his helmet. Right. It takes away his peripheral vision. He can't he has to turn his head all the way around to see if anybody's coming. So when he's rolling to his left like that, he's totally trusting that everybody on his blind side is doing right. their job. And in this and, situation, Phil Moffa didn't do his job, and it cost Clemson a turnover. And usually probably running backs are, are guessing, are usually seeing that coming from a linebacker depth. Mm-hmm. So that's like four to five yards. So when he's scanning, he's probably like, okay, I'm not seeing any linebackers. And then when he scans away, that safety that looks like he's, you know, like a slot DB, he comes and he doesn't have enough time to see it. He should have probably just scanned and been a little safer. He probably should have stayed in a little longer. He should have probably stayed in longer, but I probably see that he didn't see anyone coming from the linebacker depth. He didn't recognize that that guy was coming because what you notice, they brought that defensive end really up the field Mm -hmm. very early so they can open up that gap. And Mafia just didn't stay in there long enough. He probably should have scanned again. He would have saw that guy and at least got a little bit of a chip on him. But as you saw, he kind of, nobody's coming right now. I'm getting out and trying to get into the, um, the route. Mm-hmm. And it just left him wide open. The guy hit the ball. I mean, it's a perfect hit. It's kind of hit you want to see. And, man, the ball just bounced right for Florida State. And that's the thing at Clemson right now. We're not getting those breaks. And the only way you can get those breaks is you got to make those breaks happen. Uh-huh. And we're not quite there. We're doing some good things, but we're not, we're still not playing winning football. You know, we, we missed a field goal almost at the end of, in a regulation that probably should have won the game for us. But you bring in a kicker that's been <laughs> in grad school in Charleston and, 
you know, in that crucial situation, it's hard to make field goals. It really is. You would think that's his only job, but we got this guy off literally the streets. Mm-hmm. We got him off the streets and we brought him in. He was close to making the field goal. I mean, it was right there. Probably should have made it any other time. Probably nine out of ten times he probably hit that. We missed the field goal. And it's one of those things that happen in football games to our to a football team where you're a good team, you're hanging in there, but the breaks are not going for you. So what do you do? You have to make sure that you, hey man, when we're in the field, when we're in a field goal situation like that, make the field goal. Mm-hmm. If we catch a ball, score the touchdown. It's it's time for us to stop being so talented. Oh, we're so talented. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're so we're right to making plays. Mm-hmm. And we're not making enough plays to put teams away. Like I said before, those momentum series when our team score a touchdown, our defense cannot go back on the field and let them score. Right. 17-7, talking about. Yep. 17-7. And then we come back at the half. And really, they drove the ball. They they had an opportunity to score. I don't think they did. But they kicked the field goal. Them. They got the big pass play, and they kicked the field goal. Right. You can't let them do that. And then on that big pass play, Shelton was a Shelton Williams. Shelton Sheridan Jones. Sheridan Jones. I'm sorry. He just opened up the gate for the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he he played him head up, and he just opened it up. Just hey, run by me. And I know at defensive back, you got to move your feet. He didn't move his feet. Mm-hmm. And he just got blown by big touchdown pass. So those are kind of things. Should have been a big touchdown get. pass. Thank goodness yeah, Jordan and, Travis didn't hit him stride. And it got to be, well, we got to we got to stop that. We're, we're at a point now where we should be good enough to win games like that. And we're mm-hmm. not yet. And – we have to get with the hump, but I don't. I can't believe somebody thought that was um, Clubney's fault. <laughs> what do you want him to do? Yeah, there's there's lots of people. I've heard I've heard uh, I won't say a lot again. I've heard some people say that that he was his fault, and I'm just like, I don't see how that's his fault. I mean, you know, I just don't. There's nothing that's on the running back. He's got to pick everybody. All everybody in the offensive line did their job. They got their guy hat on a hat, and then he's got to pick up that blitzer coming in. That was his job. That's why yeah. he was in there. Um, I, and I go back and I use an example of that, not so much that way because it was more of a drop back, but on the Steelers touchdown the other night, you know, they had um, they had Warren in there, Jalen Warren in there uh, in pass protection. Oh, yeah. I he's really good pass. at it. Mm-hmm. He They brought they ran a stunt. The Raiders did. They ran a stunt. They brought the defensive end up the middle. He, he saw it, and he stepped right into the middle, and he knocked the defensive end off his stride. And that gave Pickett enough time to get that pass gone, and it was a 72-yard touchdown pass. Why? Because Jalen Warren picked up the blitz, saw the stunt, knew where to go, and he picked. And it, and it, it turns into a touchdown. Could have been that way for Clemson, but Moffa missed the guy. It happens. Everybody makes mistakes, but that right. one went on no Klubnik. Now, now, speaking of Kate Klubnik, mm-hmm. he had a great game from a passing played, standpoint. Yes. He 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 looked confident in the pocket. He stood tall. I remember on the touchdown pass to Will Shipley, he got leveled. I mean, just got blown up mm-hmm. as they brought a blitz right up the middle, and he just stood right there, knew his guy's gonna 
He took, he threw where you did, what are you supposed to do? He threw to the, where the blitz was coming from. Threw to the spot, yeah. Threw to the spot. Shipley gets it, runs it in for the touchdown. Uh, that gave Clemson the lead 24-17 at the time. He played from a passing standpoint and making the right decisions in the passing game the best he's been his all five games he started. Not I even so. close. I thought so. Only the one thing that I saw with this game that I, I would like to see a little bit more is when he scrambles, he's going, you know, up the middle. I would like to see him go to the hash, the numbers to the sideline. Because he's running he'll, sometimes he'll outrun people. Yeah. He's 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 trying to run it up the middle, and that's where all that traffic is flowing. Uh as a coach, and you talk to running backs about this more so than you talk to quarterbacks about it. When you're running that, you know, maybe that that draw, whatever thing like that draw, the quarterback draw. Man, if you hit the hash, the numbers, you're going to the sideline. Now, everybody now has to try to chase you down from the inside. If you run it straight up the middle, you're going to have some people collision on. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was a couple of times, especially in the red zone, man, if he would have went outside a little bit more, he probably would have scored. You know, speaking of that, on the play where they ran the um, – before the kick the field goal on the third and eleven. And they mm-hmm. run the draw. They run the quarterback draw with him. Yeah, uh, dude, I thought it broke. Number seven for Florida State. I believe that was number seven. He made a play because if he doesn't make that play, it's touchdown. Gone. It's a touchdown. And that's, what I'm, and that's what I'm talking about. A lot yeah. of times when you run inside like that, you know, you can go like you're going inside. But man, if you bounce outside, you're going to have a lot more yardage. Mm-hmm. And that's something you see on. You know, you see it enough time. You got to realize that. He's only been starting for maybe five games or so. He's 19 years old. Five games. So he's going to get better. He, he has, I'm telling you, the kid has something. He really do. And the the longer he can just mature and get better, he will, in midseason, you will see some of that improvement. Yeah, you really you're going to see this Clemson team, as we've already seen. They've gotten better each mm-hmm. week, I think. And I think you'll see continue that. Now, the only thing Klubnik's did wrong, Klubnik did wrong, was at the end of the game. Um, you know, you're sitting there um, third and one in overtime. And I understand the coach – first of all, Dabo took the blame and he, for him and the coaches because he's like, we got to coach him up on this. He's got to mm-hmm. understand in third and one situation, we got to extend the game. Let's mm-hmm. give the ball to our running back there. And also, it was the only time – because Clemson was 0 for 4 and third and three, they're closer in right. the game. It, that was one of the times where they would have been one for four because mm-hmm. uh because he uh when he took it and threw it out there, you know, on second and one, if he just hands it to Shipley, everybody in the offensive line did their job. They blocked and it was it would have been a touchdown. I yeah. mean, it was a big hole. If it's not a touchdown, it's a big game. Mm-hmm. But you know he's a young quarterback, as we just mentioned. He's his read is to go up there, and if he sees two guys and he's got three, his job is to pull it and throw it to the guy out there. But you can tell even the wide receivers were like, "Why am I getting the ball? <laughs> What's going on here?" You yeah, know, he just got to know the situation. You have to understand the situation, and a lot of time you want to get that to your best player. And in that in that situation, it's usually either Mafia or Shipley, mm-hmm. the best guy. They're gonna. I don't care if they're stacking the box or whatever like that. Those guys are gonna grind to get that one yard, especially when you need it in that situation. 
And then those guys are so those receivers are so wide out there. It takes so long to throw that little to throw that ball out there that the defensive back can really react to it. I think the better plays, and you see this in the NFL, is when they motion that guy, that wide receiver, to the line of scrimmage, and if a short little throw is so quick, he catches it, and a lot of times he's able to score. And the defensive mm-hmm. back has no time to react to it or the defensive line. But the wide receivers are so wide in that, and that took such a long time that the DBs like, I can't believe he's throwing it. It's one of those plays as a defensive player, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing that. And you just go make a play. Mm-hmm. So I think another in another situation, maybe you tighten up those um, wide receivers and you bring the guy in motion, you snap it, you throw it to him, and let him get the opportunity to run the play on the snap. Instead of him throwing the ball, now you got a lot of time for those guys to react to it. No, I, I agree with you. And as we look at this game, um, you know, I think the uh, when we go, to, I want to go to the defensive side real fast. You talked a little bit about earlier. You know, I thought the secondary, as we said, played out of their mind. I think the defense played out of their mind. So people can understand because people see the final score and they say, well, they scored 31 points. First of all, seven points were scored because of the defense. Uh, the Florida mm-hmm. State defense got seven points, I should say. Um, the other seven points came in overtime when they get the ball at the 25-yard line. So that's always hard when you put the ball at the 25-yard line to say for defense, especially that offense, to stop them. Um, but the regulation, the whole 60 minutes, Clemson held Florida State to 286 yards. Mm-hmm. This is an offense that was averaging over 460 yards coming in. They held them to 17 points in regulation. This is an offense that was averaging 47 points a game coming in. Okay. They they held Jordan Travis to 56.7% passing. They got two sacks on him. They got like, oh man, had to be at least 10 pressures. I mean, he was right. pressured the whole game. One time, it was a one holding call. I'm just like, the referee was, must have been blind this one. Like, I don't know what he was doing. Seriously. There's no way you can miss that. No there, way. I understand there's times when they can't call every holding call, and I get that. But when it's right in front of you and it's one-on-one and there's no way in the world you can miss this, that's no excuse. There's You cannot make an excuse for missing that, Mr. Referee. No. You blew it there. You cost okay. Clemson. And then on the next play, Clemson gets called for a pass interference penalty. So mm-hmm. it's like you didn't call this, but then you go and call this, which the guy on the sideline had nothing to do with the not getting the holding call. But the right. point of it being is it's like, wow, you know, you just gave them two free plays basically is what you just did. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, that and that led to the touchdown right before halftime. So, yeah, the referee, he's got to call that. And then later in the game, XT's going around the corner. Okay, you miss a holding call. You know where I'm going. You can right. miss a holding call. Okay, we'll give you that. You can't miss hands to the face. And that right. darn guy had his hand right on XT's face like this. I don't even know how XT could see because it was right on his face mask. And no foul, no foul called on that either. Well, I tell you what, because XT was bringing it off a corner extremely fast. I mean, like his get off is amazing. If XT can maybe do a counter move, like a little twist, he, like a Dwight Freeney, like, kind of a, like a like Dwight Freeney had, he was famous for a spin move mm-hmm. because what he would do was he would go speed, speed, speed. And he would get the tackle thinking speed rush the whole time. And then about maybe five or six speed moves, he would do a, a, a counter or a spin move. 
And that's what XT is dismissing in this game. If he can do a counter move off of his speed coming off, he's going to be a threat every time he gets on the field, especially in any passing situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- then the rest of the defense, you know, I thought the linebackers played probably the best game for the linebackers. Now, I know they had a couple times when the running backs got theirs, and we knew they were going to. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, I thought this – I thought – overall and here's what i want to talk about because of the way the defense played right and i just gave you the stats did you see um jordan travis's comments after the game no i didn't what did he say levon unbelievable oh did he, he yeah he talked a little trash right he said that he said clemson was disrespecting his wide receivers and disrespecting him that he can't make the throws because they played man coverage all day yeah, okay. I don't think that was disrespectful because, for the most part, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, so if it's dis- – yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would have been disrespectful if he had six touchdown passes and threw for 500 yards and Clemson yeah. kept doing it. That's mm-hmm. disrespectful. But when and they it, shut you down, that ain't yeah. disrespectful, dude. That's called football. And then on the that pass, that last pass he made, the touchdown pass, again, is technique. Lucas – basically almost slip on that. He, he had pretty good coverage, but he kind of lets him on the outside uh, a little quicker than he should. Mm-hmm. In that situation, he's got to put his hands on him. He's got to move his feet. And he got to, he got to, at least if he's going to funnel him into the safety, he got to make sure he's outside leverage. If he has him man to man, he needs to get him on that sideline. So now you got a harder throw to make and he's going to have to make a one hand catch. Yeah. No, you and, have a harder throw because you got to get it up there. But also, now you're talking about he's got to have to navigate the sideline and try to catch the ball. And keep in mind on that play, Nate Wiggins wasn't in the game because he got hurt at the end right. mm-hmm. of their last play where they went out on downs. He got hurt on that play, knocking the ball away. So they didn't have Nate Wiggins for that play. And that would have been his guy and that would have been his play. Nothing against Jordan Lucas. It happens. But I you got to wonder. I, I think George, he can come along too. He has got to be in his mind thinking, I have got to be a better technician. And by the way, we don't want it to be too hard on, on Jaden Lucas because he's a huge Steelers fan. And right. so he's, he's our guy. He's, uh, okay, so, no, he's, <laughs> no, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a really good player. I mean, yeah. I, I'm just saying that, you know, he's going to have to be more of a technique guy than maybe Wiggins is. And I got to give a shout out to Carter because, he did a wonderful job as far as covering the fullbacks or the running backs coming out the backfield, the little wheel route. Mm-hmm. He did a great job. They had one catch on him when it was a back shoulder kind of, I mean, that's kind of hard. I'm just going to say that right now uh, against a running back and a linebacker, but he did an absolute beautiful job on yeah. those wheel routes. He really did. He, he can really cover the field pretty well. Yeah, he can. Look, they they did. That's why I was surprised to hear, like, it's something like Jordan Travis. Should, he won the game, and he should have been complimentary of the way Clemson played them because Clemson right. played them better than anybody's going to play them all year long. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, and he should understand. And 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 for him to be upset, look, be upset with yourself. You didn't make the plays. Don't be upset with the way Clemson played you because you're disrespecting Clemson now. Because yeah. he was Levon. He was of his three big targets, which was. You know, um, you know, Jaheim Bell, uh, you know, uh, you had Coleman, Keon Coleman, and mm-hmm. then you had uh, Johnny Wilson. 
his three right. big targets. He was 13 for 31 with those guys. So 31 times he threw to him, and he only completed 13 of them. That's right. why Clemson played you man-to-man because they, it's, because they could. And so you're going to be mad at Clemson for playing you man What do you want to do, drop eight back and let you pick them apart? Come yeah. on, dude. But I understand. I mean, you're a young guy. You just won a game. You haven't won in forever. So it's probably pretty, just pretty excited about it. You know, yeah. but I, I thought. Got to win better than that, though. You know, <laughs> you definitely do. But that happens when you don't win a whole lot in those big games. So you kind of shoot off in the mouth. But also, Clemson has got to do a better job of making sure they win these games when they should be winning these games. Mm-hmm. And also, I would like to see them do a little bit more with Randall. You know, I don't think he's just go up the scene kind of guy. They kind of find a way to maximize his talents. Even if they thought he's more of a boundary or, or, or he's more of a field guy, maybe put him in the boundary. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he can make something happen in the boundary a little bit more than just, hey, I'm just going to run up the field and just occupy space. Clearly, to me, he doesn't have that kind of speed. To just beat people off the, beat people off the, um, off the route, or beat them downfield. So yeah. I like to see some. I like to see them do a little something with him, um, to maximize kind of what they're doing, as far as the scheme. I can see the scheme coming along a lot better than I saw in that first game. They, I think as they go along, if they can stay healthy, I think there'd be a team that could run off a lot of wins. Yeah, and then um, I, I love, uh, by the way, for offense that I can I got to mention it before we go on to our next subject here. Uh, Tyler Brown, dude, yeah. kid's a baller. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a baller. Um, you know, he played up at Greenville High School, grew up a Clemson fan, and you can tell, man, he is playing like a guy who grew up a Clemson fan. Like he's just playing at another level when mm-hmm. he's out there. He's a playmaker. Um, I mean, you see that pass where he just extended himself out, put his whole body out there to catch that pass. Yeah, he's I a mean, threat. He's a, he's a serious threat. And yeah. then also he's tough, man. He came yeah. back in after hurting his shoulder. Dabo says Dabo was saying today to us in his press conference, most guys wouldn't have come back in with the injury he got to his right. shoulder. Well, because he had what we call heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to have that. Yeah. I mean, um, especially when you get hurt or things not going as well. I really like that kid. I do too. I really do. do you, go ahead. No, you go ahead. And then, how do you like the way that I, I love the schemes and how the wide receivers are getting open? I mean, that's something that wasn't there the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and you saw open guys all over the place in that game. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think maybe sometimes we're a little impatient, but I felt better after that loss. I'm like, okay, it was a tough game. You're playing against a really tough team, and it doesn't bounce your way. Mm-hmm. I think I think you get a game like that, and you learn a whole lot more from losing that game that you can take forward into your next game, and understanding that you're right there, you're mm-hmm. not far off from winning a lot more games. And, and speaking of that, mm-hmm. brings us to this thing. I want to talk real fast. Coaches, coaching decisions. At the end of the game, there's a couple things that that I just was really surprised with. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you know, uh, they're sitting there, it's 24-24. You know you have a kicker who hasn't kicked in that kind of environment mm-hmm. at the end of the game, a game-winning kick, you know. 
you, you really don't want to kick there, in my opinion, right? No, so Ryan World on second and I think it was second and nine. Um, they just they just got a big first down pass to Tyler Brown to get them to the twelve yard line. They're sick and they lose a yard on the next play, so it's thirteen. So it's th- it's second and thirteen or whatever, second and eleven. And they run this trick play instead of you know what I'm talking about where they run they yeah. run Cade out and they run Tyler Brown motion them over and kind of look like they're going to do reverse. And I'm thinking. And then he hits. He's trying to hit Bridgestool, who was covered, by the way. And the defensive end knocks the pass down. It could have been disastrous. It could have mm-hmm. been a pick six kind of play. The whole point of the play should have never been ran. And, and so I questioned the coach in there for Garrett Riley, like, why are you doing that? Just run the ball because, straight ahead or throw it. Because guess what the defense is thinking? Watch out for trick plays. That's yeah. exactly what they're thinking. That and, situation. And Florida State as, as a defensive coordinator, you're telling them. Watch out for any kind of trick plays. Watch out for the screen. Watch out for the draw. So they're looking for – they're not going to fall for um, the play action or the – they're not going to fall for it. Because yeah. deep, well-coached defense are always taught in those situations do not fall for the trick play. Right. So you stay home. So and- you, as an offense, run it, give it to your best guy. And see if he can make some hay. If you're, if you're, especially if you're saying, "Hey, we're going to try to kick the field goal," which I thought with a new guy, just like you said, man, we need to score. We need to score a touchdown, and we right. give them the ball back to make them score a touchdown. If you're going to pass the ball in that situation, which I'm fine with at second and eleven, I'm fine with passing the ball. You Go just threw, you just threw a skinny post to Tyler Brown for a first down. You had killed the middle of the field all day long because why? I well, said yeah. going into this game, the middle of the field was first state's weakness. And then, then their best player in the secondary is out in this game, and their linebackers are not very good. You killed them the whole game up the, over the middle and up the middle. Why in the world do you go to their strength, which is on the edges? Mm-hmm. You, you play up the middle. That should have been a pass up the middle, either to the tight end up the middle if you wanted to, or maybe another skinny post or something like that, right. or run it up the middle. Yeah. Just test it and see what – because there's so many more things you could have done besides that. So I questioned Garrett Riley yeah. on that call. That was his only bad call of the game for yeah. him, I thought. I, I really I, – I just don't really like those kind of plays when they're unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, remember last year – they play in South Carolina. They just get the safety. They're going to be kicking the ball off to us. And what do we do? We do some lame little trick play, trick play and we fumble the ball because we give it to the guy who normally doesn't handle the ball in that situation. Yep. So you got to get you got to understand the situation, and then you make the you come up with a play that is your best play to do a trick play something that you practice on maybe once in a while probably won't work in that red zone situation because you don't do it enough. Mm -hmm. So you got your five different plays or so that you run and you run a whole lot that your team can execute. Do that. Sometimes do not make this game any more complicated than you have to make it. Then you have to make it. Yep. And we did it on that situation when all honesty, I've been thinking, Let's get a touchdown. We can put these guys away right now. Right. 
and we gave them an opportunity. They're they're too good of a team to make mistakes and give opportunities to. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And so then you had that, and then um, at the end of the game, after you get the stop on Florida State, you um, you run Shipley up the middle for like fifteen yards. He gets it to like midfield, and nobody. I mean, you had seven seconds to go, and nobody ran up to the line to spike it. Like, you have a chance to throw a Hail Mary here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the first, you know, and so I'm, like, sitting there like, what are you doing? You have a chance to at least throw a Hail Mary. You're not saying it's going to happen, but at least give yourself that opportunity to, to, to make a play like that at the end of the game. But it's like the players had no idea they were doing that, and that's on coaching. The that's co- on the coaching. Co- the coaches got to let them know, hey, guys, if this play busts and he gets a big gain, run up to the line and spike it because that's going to give us a play. The players are just sitting there like, okay. And then they're like, oh, what? Well, you want us to run up to the – you know, they ran up real fast. It's like, okay, coaches got to relay that information before they go out onto the field, What the, what's going to happen. In, you know one of the favorite things as a coach that I saw when I was with the um, Arizona Cardinals, B.A. would – put in situations that happen the whole week in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And for players to kind of see those situations and see what can possibly happen in the game if it's not done right or if it's done right. And those are one of the things that you really got to make time to practice on. Mm -hmm. You got to see what other people are doing outside of your ball and understand that these things are happening every week and that you got to get your team to see those things in order for them to not make those kind of mistakes. Yeah. And the thing is you got to, and and they do practice. So people understand they do practice, you know, hurry up stuff. But at that point, the coaches need to let the players know, Hey guys, don't look, pay attention to the clock on the scoreboard. Just at the play bus, get up there real fast. And mm-hmm. then if you spike it and the clock's over with, that's fine. Then it wasn't your fault. You did what you could. But when you just mosey on up to the line and you're like, uh, you're looking over to the sideline and you're like, oh, what? You want us to get up and spike? Like, come on. That's coaching. A, Coaches gotta, got got to relay that information before they go out onto the field so they know what they're doing and what the situations are. So that's on that's on Dabo and his staff. And I think Dabo it, it on has that to be, as well. And it has to be emphasized. Like mm-hmm. I said, this is not a step. But if you look back on our – when we score a touchdown in the next momentum series, we have given up touchdowns on field goals when we shouldn't be giving up anything. That has got to be emphasized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that- got to be like, hey, we just scored. We're up by seven. We can't let them score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Or really get past the, get past the 50 yard line. And that's yep. kind of got to be their thinking going in. And you can't do that just every once in a while. That has got to be ingrained in their head. So it's muscle memory when something like that is happening. When you can tell when it doesn't, they're not doing it because everybody's looking like what's going on. And you're absolutely right on that. It could have been a chance where, hey, it's a hell Mary. You know, does it does it happen a lot? It doesn't, but I think in college it probably could happen a whole lot more than it does. Yeah. I would 
every chance I get, I would throw a Hail Mary. Before the half or whatever, especially, throw a Hail Mary. You never know. You never know. And that's the whole thing, you know, it'd be just uh, – they didn't get. They didn't give themselves a chance there with that no. play. And then the the last one being, and we kind of talked about it earlier. Third and one, you know, you're 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 sitting at third and one. You got to get the first down. Yes, club needs to know the situation, but that's on the coaches to coach yeah. him up to where he yeah. understands this isn't your typical RPO. And if you if you're afraid your quarterback doesn't understand that, then they just call straight up run. Just get, don't, don't call just get, it the I, get in the I formation and just hand it to your yeah. just hand it to your back and try to get the first down that way. Yeah. Even if you don't get the first down, you got a fourth down you can get it on too. Mm-hmm. So throwing that pass now is fourth and two. Yeah, now you gotta kind of throw it because you're fourth now and two. Now you kind of gotta throw it because you can't just say we're gonna smash it because their edge guys, like you said, were their best players. Mm-hmm. So trying to run something out there might have been a problem. Unless you motion somebody in and crack on those guys, then maybe you could have got to the outside and say, hey, you're one-on-one with a DB, make a miss. But we put ourselves in a situation that's hard, and like you said, we don't – you got to go over those situations. Yep. And I don't know – I'm not saying that the Clemson Tigers do, but probably a lot of teams don't go over it enough. Where they say, like, this, I'm telling you, I will get a reel where all the mistakes that some teams made, you edited it, you put it together as a head coach, and you said, these are the things that are happening that could blow a game for us. So at least the players get a little bit familiar of what is going on in situations. And I guarantee you, most coaches are teaching that some coaches are teaching that situation. When this happens, man, get up to the get up to the ball. Spike the ball. Let's give ourselves a chance. Absolutely. Well, and now they gotta, you know, Clemson's in a situation. First of all, college football playoffs over. That's not mm-hmm. gonna happen now. They got two right. losses. You know, that's just not gonna happen. ACC championship is slim. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still technically in it. But they got a they got a long road to hoe. They got to win out their remaining six games, and then they need a lot to happen. So that's probably not going to happen, um, right. more than likely. So, Levon, that sets up for this week. They're going to <laughs> the Syracuse, dread. Clemson at Syracuse, noon on ABC. Mm-hmm. This is a huge game because Clemson does have they want to get ten wins. That's still out there. They like they you know, so you want to get yourself in position for that. And you want to at least finish the ACC season strong. And to do that, you got to forget about what we just talked about. The disappointment. You outplayed them. You were the better team. You didn't win the game. But, LeVon, you played this game for uh, many, many years. Yes. The hardest thing to do is to get over a game mm-hmm. when you knew you should have won the game. Yeah. What can they do to not avoid a second loss this week against Syracuse? You just got to put the Florida State game in perspective, understanding that when you go watch the film, a lot of times the great thing about watching film is that you see it better. You have a better perspective. Mm-hmm. And you understand that, hey, you know, if we would have done this better or we would have done that better, we would have won the game. And a lot of times my advice is, man, you let it go. You know, maybe the fans or everybody else is talking about it, let them do that. But as a team, you got to let that be in the past. 
You got to learn from it. Let it be in the past and understand that we got a whole lot more games to go. And our, and our beatdown tour starts with Syracuse. Yep. And that's how you got to look at it. Like, from now on, we're going to play like we played against Florida State, but instead of getting that, that result that we don't want, we're going to make sure we get the results that we want all the time. So that means when you have an opportunity to make a play, make the play. Simple as that. You got opportunity to make the field goal, make the field goal. You got an opportunity to catch a pass, catch that pass. You got an opportunity to score from a long distance, make sure nobody stops you from scoring. So it has to be a mindset where you go in to a game like Syracuse and say, we're going to beat these guys down. Mm-hmm. And we're going to practice that way too, as we are going to be playing the game. I'm going to practice like I'm playing in the game. And then when you get into the game, it comes easier to you. You can't ever go into the game like, oh, well, these guys forget all that distraction and say, hey, baby, I got to get ready for Saturday. We can party after the game. <laughs> but during this week, I got to stay focused. <laughs> I do. I got to stay focused. And I think that's how the Clemson Tigers have got to play. It's not so much talent. It's more mindset for these guys and taking that mindset on the field and quite honestly, smashing people. you got to start smashing people, letting people know that this is Clemson University and we don't play that. Yeah. And, and that's that street knowledge that I'm telling, telling you about. <laughs> that we got we to gotta be a smart team, but we get on that field, we got to be nastier than what we are. Yeah, and this week, this is going to be a tough game because, first of all, let's just be honest, right? Florida, I mean, Syracuse has been a thorn in Clemson's side for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Clemson's been good, gone in there with undefeated teams, they've struggled against Syracuse. When Syracuse has had bad teams, mm-hmm. because it, they're just Dino Babers gets his team ready to play Clemson, and their scheme is, goes well against Clemson on both sides. And by the way, this is a very good Syracuse team. They're 4-0 right now. Mm-hmm. They're number one in the ACC, averaging 44.3 points per game. They're number two in the ACC in scoring defense, uh, allowing just 10.8 points per game. And I know some people are out there saying, well, look look who they played. Well, they played Colgate and teams like that. And But they went on the road, LeVon, a few weeks ago, and they beat a pretty good Purdue team at Purdue. Yeah. And I think that's um... – Schrader is the is the key to their offense. You have this guy is big, tall, and he can scramble and he can run. And he's the kind of guy, if they're in third and ten, that can at least get them eight to nine yards so they can try it on fourth and one. So you have got to make sure you bottle him him in. They like to get an 11 personnel, which is mean one back, one tight end. They want to spread you out and go sideline to sideline. They want the defense to run. But I really think that what I saw Army do was Army ran the ball out. And I think as we when we've beaten Syracuse, we've worn them down. Because mm-hmm. they don't have the depth. They don't have the depth, and they're kind of light in the pocket a little bit. They're and they're small. Hard. Their defensive front small. That's what I'm saying. They're light in the pocket. Okay, gotcha. So they're gonna play, they're gonna play hard and they're gonna make some, they're gonna make some splash plays. But I think you get this team and you run them in the dirt. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You run the ball. You don't. You don't ever forget about running the ball on them. You pound them and pound them. As a matter of fact, maybe you do play action at first, first down, and you try to get behind them. The one thing that we do that is kind of like okay, it's kind of obvious sometimes. Our offense really predicates on us getting, you know, getting tempo. That means getting a lot of yards on first down. So, right, we're not a, as effective when we're like second and eleven, second and long, because you know what we <clears> normally do? We normally run the ball. It's easy. If if I'm going against our offense, I'm like, we get them in second and long. They're gonna run the ball because they're gonna be safe. Yeah, and for point. us, man, maybe for us in this game. You kind of play action. You kind of get them off their, their heels a little bit. You you do some jet sweeps. You do some different things to make them think like, whoa, this is not the, this is not what we saw on film. Uh-huh. And sometimes you have to get out of your own way in order to be effective and win games. I think that maybe you pass the ball early, and then you wear them down. And I think this is the way you got to beat this. Um, Syracuse team and Syracuse are they gonna play us tough, man? They always play us tough for whatever reason. <laughs> and this quarterback they got, as you mentioned, Garrett Schrader. Yeah, the kid. The kid is six four, weighs about two thirty. Yeah, it's like it's like basically playing a, a young Ben Roethlisberger, if you will. Yes, mm-hmm. he. I remember last year, tons of guys were just bouncing off of him because he's so yeah. hard to bring down. He's averaging ninety yards a game rushing. Mm-hmm. So he can run. Dabo talked about today. He the, the RPO game centers around him, obviously, and he can run the football if he needs to. He can scramble if he needs to, and he's also got an arm where he can throw it seventy five yards if he needs to. Right. Um, he where I do know he struggles. He still struggles with accuracy when he has to sit in the pocket, mm-hmm. and I think that's the key to this game. Wes has got to keep him in the pocket. You got to tell the defensive ends. Do not rush upfield and give up those rush lanes because this guy will skedat on you. And so yeah. you you got to contain him, keep him in the pocket, make him throw the ball from the pocket. If Clemson does that, that increases their chances of getting off the field early. Yeah, no question about that. You, when a quarterback who can scramble that way, when you try to get upfield to get a sack, he's just going to take that alley that you leave him. Mm-hmm. And – then you're going to be trying to do some different things. And the only thing you got to do is try to rush lane this guy. If you can rush lane him and keep him in the pocket, like you said, he has a tough time passing the ball. But what he does do well, if he starts running the ball well and he can do both, he, then he presents a problem. Yes. And as you know, a running quarterback is a hard quarterback. You just don't yeah. want to mess with that guy. No, man. And if you get an opportunity, you want to tattoo him. You want to make sure you hit him. But um, he's a guy. That, he's the kind of guy that you just don't want scrambling all over the place, especially between between the tackles. You definitely don't. So uh, Clemson at Syracuse at nine. Uh, excuse me, at nine. What am I thinking? It's Clemson at Syracuse noon ABC uh, from the. Uh, I still call it the Carrier Dome. I know they name it something else now, but we're we're calling it the Carrier Dome. What are they going to do to me? Yeah, you know. Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> That's what we grew up calling it. I'm going to call it the carrier dome. Um, it's like changing the name of Death Valley. Um, yeah. All right, Levon, our pick six real fast. We'll go through mm-hmm. these pretty good here. Uh, interesting last week, you know, I think you did pretty good overall. I think you're four and two. Uh, yeah. Again, doing your thing, man. And um, you're still sitting around 80% though for the season. I mean, you're, 
this guy gets and we pick against the spread by the way for the people who are just joining us for the first time we don't we don't just like pick straight up games we go against right. the spread so levon winning 80 mm-hmm. percent of the time the guy <laughs> should have been in las vegas last week instead of new mexico in mexico been, city yeah. i mean in betting <laughs> so he can make some money yeah. <laughs> but mexico city was so outstanding i'm telling you will you would fit right in man just I'm telling you, if you love the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, go to Mexico City. Yeah, I'm a fan. They, they need to play a regular season game at Mexico City. Well, they've talked about it. The only thing is the Steelers said they don't want to lose the Steelers' home game to do it. I so they're going to have to be somebody it. else's home game. So yeah. whether it's Jacksonville or somebody like that who's willing to give up a home game, Mr. Rooney's not willing to give up a home game to do the, it. I understand that quite yeah. well why he wouldn't, but – they love I mean, I'm talking about love the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, that's awesome, man. It's awesome to see that. And um so anyway, we'll go ahead and get started on this. Um interesting game Friday night. Big game mm-hmm. for former Clemson quarterback DJ Ui Ungalale. Okay. Utah, number 10 in the country, comes in and plays number 19 Oregon State. Oregon State is a three and a half point favorite in this game, Levon. Yeah. Hmm. Surprising there. Aren't you a little surprised by that line? I know I am. Well, that's why I gave you the rock. Um, I, <laughs> you I did. Was there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take Utah with the points on this one. Yeah. I, I'm with you on this too. I like Utah's defense. I, yeah. li- I like the way they play the game. DJ hasn't played well the last two weeks. Um, struggled at Washington State, struggled the week before as well. Um, I think we're seeing some of the same things he did when he's at Clemson. You know, and so you know, I like I like Utah's defense in this against DJ. I think they can give him some problems, and they're really their linebackers are really good. Yeah. Give me Utah. I'm taking the uh, I'm taking the plus three and a half as well on that one. That's correct. Yep. Um, Southern Cal is a 21 and a half point favorite at Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, Southern Cal number eight in the country. Levon. This game is going to be – I don't know what the over and under is. I haven't looked to see what it is. But I got to imagine it's pretty high. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on this. Wow. Well, I think Colorado, I think they took a licking, which I kind of predict they would have taken a licking against Oregon. Yep. I think it's going to be some of the same, but I think they're going to play a little bit better, but I'm still going to take USC in the points. Yes, I'm with you on the points. By the way, the over and under set at 73 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Colorado will play better. I like what Coach Prime is doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they won three games. I mean, I didn't think they were going to win any, to be honest right. with you. But I think they would give, I, I think it's going to be a better game than it was the, the Oregon game. But Caleb Williams is so good at quarterback. There's a reason why he is thought to be maybe the second person to ever win the Heisman Trophy twice in a row because he's that good. He's a playmaker. He he is. He doesn't get talked about enough because they haven't really played anybody yet. Nobody's really talked about him. Um, and we'll, they're going to get his opportunities here in a few weeks yeah. when they start it's, playing the big. It's going to be on the big stage. I, I think that the one thing I saw with the secondary of Colorado. And sometimes they become very undisciplined. Yeah. And when they do that, he's going to eat them alive. He's going to eat them alive. If Oregon did what they did last week, yeah. I look at so, this, they'll score. Colorado will score more in this game. Right. Because USC's defense just isn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But, but I, I like USC think, on this one. I yeah, I think Southern Cal should score a lot too. Yeah. I'm going to go Southern Cal plus the 21 and a half as well. So um, look for that. Um, <laughs> big SEC game. And I'm surprised Kentucky still isn't ranked yet. I don't know why they're not. They're 4-0. They're playing good football. Um, former NC State quarterbacks over there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida comes to town. Noon kickoff on ESPN. <clears throat> the 22nd Gators are 3-1. and one. Kentucky's a one-point favorite in this game. Mm. Wow, that's, that's going to be a tough one. I, I, I tell you, Billy Napier, who was on the chopping block the first week, mm-hmm. but they played a great team in Utah, and now he's playing better, got a good win against Tennessee. Man, this was a close. I'm going to take Florida in the points. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Kentucky that. straight up on this. I think Kentucky. I can, I, can, I can see why. I can see why. Yeah, Kentucky's playing good. Yeah. I like their defense. Mm-hmm. I think they they're going to cause Florida some troubles that you know um, we've saw in that first game against Utah. Uh, I, I they're on the road. Um, you know, I still don't like that Florida offensive line. Uh, right. So I'm I'm going to take I'm going to take Kentucky in this just because I like Stoops and that defense. And, I, I get you. I get yeah, it. So I'm going with Kentucky. Um, Next game, for the first time this year, the Georgia Bulldogs are on the road. What? Crazy week five, and they're finally going on the road. (laughs) (laughs) And they still got got five more home games. (laughs) But Georgia plays uh, at Auburn, rivalry game, um, on CBS 330. Georgia is a a 14-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Hmm. Auburn got – manhandled last week by Texas A&M on the road. They haven't looked good in other games, but this is a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. You give me, you tell me what you think. Who? Yeah, that, well, that Auburn game kind of discouraged me last mm-hmm. week. I mean, how they played. I'm going to take Georgia in the points. You're going to take Georgia in the points? Yeah. Okay. Even though even though I, I still think Georgia is a quality team, the number one team out there, are they – are they like are they what they were last year and the year before? And I don't think so. The last couple of years, they, they were just a machine. They they were they, they lost a lot, and I just think they're not as good. But I think I look at Auburn, and Auburn has a lot of work to be done. All right. Well, I I am I'm I'm on I'm leaning against you again, man. I mean, you're, you're going against each other a lot in this one. I know. I, I, I think I think Auburn covers in this game. Mm-hmm. I think Georgia wins the game, but Georgia just hasn't, you know, they didn't look good against South Carolina. They right. messed around last week against UAB. Didn't look really all that good for a whole half. Kind yeah. of did that in their other games. First road game against a rival, you know, I think the Auburn people will be ready. Um, I like, I like, I think Auburn makes this a fun game to where we're all going to be like by seven 30, we're going to be staring at the thing saying, Oh my gosh, is Georgia going to blow this? So go yeah. ahead and give me Auburn. My uh, plus the excuse me minus the fourteen and a half plus the fourteen and a half excuse me, I mm-hmm. think I think Auburn covers with this game. Uh, they don't win it, but they'll cover. No, I don't think they're gonna win it, but I'm gonna take Georgia. Okay, all right. Um, next game, another ranked SEC game. Number thirteen LSU, three and one mm-hmm. at number twenty, also a rivalry game at number twenty Ole Miss. LSU is a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road. Ole Miss coming off that lost Alabama last week. LSU's won three straight games. Daniels has looked really good throwing the football. What do you think? You know, I'm not really a big fan of LSU. 
I'm just not. All right. So I'm going to just go against them. I'm going to take Ole Miss. Wow. They may win the game outright, but I'm going to go with Ole Miss on this one. Are you going to go with Ole Miss plus the two and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am um, – or my no, – plus the two and a half, sorry. So I'm kind of with you on this one. Mm-hmm. I just – I feel like, you know, it's time for our boy Lane Kiffin to get a big win. Yeah. And this is a rivalry game, and mm-hmm. a lot of people still say LSU could run the table and make the playoffs. You know, um, they would have a good quality loss to Florida State, right? So I'm with you on this. I think I think Ole Miss at home, maybe they get it done on a rivalry game that's this close. You know, you get two teams that are this close, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Give, I'm with you. Give me Ole Miss plus the two and a half as well. Um, all right, and then last game um, is the Clemson Tigers. Um, as we look at this game and predict it, you got Clemson a seven-point favorite at 4-0 Syracuse, noon kickoff on ABC. Do you think the Tigers cover the seven? Yes, I do. I do. I, I just wasn't really impressed with Syracuse. I think they're very well coached. I love those favors. I, I do. I think he does a great job of what he has at Syracuse. But I, I think Clemson is on the verge of showing everybody how talented they are. It's going to take a good mindset because it's hard to go to Syracuse and play in that dome. It's an afternoon game. I understand that. The Clemson fans don't like (laughs) noon games. But I think it's time for the Tigers to really get get back on track. And I think this is a game that they're going to get back on track and win straight up. But I think I'm going to take Clemson with the seven. All right. I like it because you called Florida State last week and you got the win. I got the loss. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was I would have won had Clemson just you know uh, mm-hmm. not fumbled there. Not not that it's Cade's fault. It's not his fault. But that play is what changed. That play, the game. Was, that, that play was crucial. Yeah, it I said thirty-one seventeen, and it was twenty-four seventeen, and Clemson was going in to make it thirty-one seventeen at that point. Mm-hmm. I felt real good about my prediction and what was going on this week. It's a seven-point spread. I think Clemson wins it. I'm giving Clemson a win, but it ain't going to be easy, LeVon. It ain't going to be easy. I think the Tigers win this by six points. Uh, so give give me Syracuse on the plus seven there. But I think the Tigers win it 23-17. to 17. I think Clemson's defense is going to play well again, continue mm-hmm. to do what they've been doing. Offensively, though, that that – that dome, it's a difficult place to play in because of the sight lines and stuff. Right. Trevor Lawrence struggled in it. Deshaun yeah. Watson struggled in it. Taj Boyd struggled in it. I know Cade's going to struggle in it. Uh, DJ yeah. struggled in it. You know, every quarterback that's played at Clemson, Kelly Bryant, has struggled in it when they wouldn't have played in that dome because it's hard for – to me, it's like a hard game for a quarterback and wide receivers playing. Yeah, if you it, haven't played in that indoor in that indoor atmosphere – it is tougher. Yeah. It's Even as a, as a player, it's tougher. I've been where you play outside for the most part, and then you go to a dome environment, and it's tougher. I hate playing in domes. So yeah. I, hope, I totally get what you're saying. But I think if the Tigers can run the ball and wear this team the, the up front down, then they're going to be very successful. Yeah, and that's why I want to see how Garrett Riley calls this game. Right. Because I don't think he's ever pl- called a game in the in a dome. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be different for him too. He's down on the field. He calls the plays from the sideline. How you know it's it's just a different field that you know you're right on top of the field. The mm-hmm. players are. There is no space. But, you know it's like 
you know, it's almost like a this basketball. Uh, yeah, what do you call it? Um, arena league. It's almost like arena league football. Almost. Yeah. The players are right on the field. It's yeah. like there's no much space at all. The t- the crowd is right on top of you. It's um it's different kind of atmosphere and environment than a normal college football game. That's what makes it different, and that's what makes it a, a unique place and, to play and you, at. And you're going to Syracuse, man. And some places you're just not looking forward to going to. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, Ugh, Syracuse. Yes. Yeah, so it's if like – anybody's going, ever been to Syracuse, do you yeah, understand why LeBron says that? it's like going to Wallace Wade Stadium, man, dude. You're just like, geez. Yeah. They get now. The good news is there'll be a good crowd there, so oh, they yeah. don't have to, Clemson won't have to make their own energy. It won't be like there'll be more Clemson fans than Syracuse fans. It'll be more mm-hmm. Syracuse fans. It'll be a mm-hmm. hostile environment. That'll be good for Kay to see how he handles it because Duke. It was there was more Clemson fans at that Duke game than there were Duke fans, sure. you mm-hmm. know. And so um, even though it was a good atmosphere for Duke, but not like what Clemson's going to see up here at Syracuse, where it's going to be all and, Syracuse and orange. Be very loud. It's gonna yeah, be very loud. they're going to be loud. Yeah. It's gonna be something that you gotta handle. Exactly. You know, but you can't you can't go there sleepwalking because you do, you will come back with a an L. Yeah. But if you can go in there and focus and play the way that I think Clemson is capable of playing, then they should win this game. I I'm with you. I think Clemson they win, but they don't cover. You got Clemson covering. Um, mm-hmm. so I say 23-17 is my score. Um, so it's going to be another nerve-wracking game, I think, for the Tigers uh, and their fans. Um, LeVon, real fast before we get out of here, um, mm-hmm. our extra point segment, just uh, want to uh, kind of talk about that a little bit real fast. Um, so hold on a second, just apologize. Uh, the fans, I want to talk about this extra point because you got a lot of people asked some comments. Um, Stephen Smith, and not the Stephen Smith from, from – uh, ESPN. Stephen uh, Smith. This is he, just Stephen Smith. Yes, Stephen Smith. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want. He wanted to ask, or he said that um, he thought that Dabo and the coaching staff got the L on this one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I, I think it was more coaching than the players and the effort. It seemed like the first first game it was more so players. And not having an effort, this game felt like felt like the players played pretty well, and I felt like they actually played better than Florida State, and they probably should have won this game. But yeah, we we made some decisions that I'm like I'm still kind of scratching my head over a little bit, especially that last drive before the halftime. I thought we played uh, not to lose or not to give up a touchdown, and that's exactly what we did. So, yeah, I, I see it more of uh, coaches. We got to get better. Mm-hmm. Scott Millsap on Facebook says um, he wonders if Bridgestool will get some snaps at the boundary in place of Randall so they can bring in another tight end, um, maybe as a backup to block. Um, he says we need a six foot five guy at the boundary on an occasion to do the 50 50 balls along the sideline. I want to answer that fat first. I'll let you, LeVon, go after that. I don't think so. First of all, Adam Randall had a pretty good game last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he really kind of showed up. Had He did catch one 50-50 ball that came to him. The other, he didn't. But, hey, he got the first one. It was a big play. I thought he played well overall. Um, so, I don't know if you take him off the field because I think he's starting to play well. I, um, I do know they're going to bring in Troy Stilato, Um, and he's you're going to see a lot more of him this week, and deservedly so. He looked yeah, very good last week. That's a pretty good game. But um, your thoughts on 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 Scott's question here about Bernie Stool playing maybe more at boundary? 
Hmm, I, I'm not sure about that, to be honest with you, but I, I think you got to do something with Randall as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think you got to find a way to get him the ball, but I like Brittlestool. I mean, I think Brittlestool is a matchup problem for most defenses. I mean, to be that tall, the guy can go get the ball. So I don't know if you put him in the boundary or you don't, but I know what you need to do is get him the ball in certain situations, especially in the red zone, especially on maybe third and five. You got to be able to get him the ball. And also with him, you can take advantage of him, you know, going down the scene. Right. Because he, he moves pretty well. And so I, I just think you got to find a way to get him the ball. I don't know if that's the answer or not, but Riddlestool has got to get the ball more. And then uh, last comment, and um, we'll kind of take it as a question. It's more of a comment. But um, so Austin over on Facebook, uh, Austin DeBose, he was wondering about all the holding calls on Xavier Thomas um, that were pretty bad. So I'm going to ask you, LaVon, when you're in that situation, I saw Xavier one time talk to the referee, went over and said something to him. What do you do in that situation if you know you're continuously getting held and it's bad? And it's right in front of the referee, and he's not calling them. How do you handle that situation? I think even before the game, you got to let them know that this number is holding me. Like, I will always, I'm really not, well, I'm not an outside linebacker, but even back in the day, you go to the referee and you say, like, this guy is holding me. He watch, watch him, and they'll tell you, they'll be like, okay. And the more you kind of make you don't you don't go to them and be like, hey man, he's holding me. Because honestly, those referees have feelings. And sometimes they will they will put they will hide that flag before they throw it. So I think you just go to the ref and say, hey, you know, just what you know, he's kind of holding me a little bit, watch him holding me. And I think that sometimes they may give you a break and throw it. But if I'm the Xavier Thomas, it's a compliment. I just think Xavier has got to find another counter move to what he does coming off the ball. Right. Yeah. And then that'll help maybe. And, and and we'll see if he does and they'll try to, I'm sure it's something they talked about this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm sure, like you said, if you're Dabo Sweeney, the coaching staff, you point that out to the referees. Hey, yeah. watch number three gets held a lot. I need you to help me out a little bit. So they're not just holding on to him the whole game. Um, so yeah. Lot- that, was, that was one holding call. It was egregious. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, it was just there was one <laughs> holding right call. There. It was one holding call, and then there's one hands to the face. And I'm like, right. okay, you can miss the holding call, but you can't miss the, the hands, hands to the yeah, face. Yeah. You cannot do that. That's unacceptable right. because if that's the quarterback, you're throwing it every day. No question about it. You know, no question about so, it. So I, I was happy to see my man XT do what he does. XT earned some money, I think, the other day. If he keeps yes. it up, he's going to earn a lot of money. No um, question about it. So anyway. Well, LeVon, appreciate you, buddy. Um, we appreciate, appreciate all you. the yeah. people out there in uh, all on YouTube. We appreciate you. If you could, oh, yes. if you thank YouTube, you, guys. Yes. yes, absolutely. If you could, YouTube, give us a like and uh, subscribe to the Clemson Insider. We definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, on Facebook, give us a thumbs up as well. We appreciate that as well. Leave a comment, all those things. Uh, we appreciate you on Twitter. Wish we could get the questions from Twitter because we do get some comments from Twitter and yeah. stuff, but we can't see those um on uh, on on our pro- program that we use they don't come through like they do the other ones so but anyway for levon kirkland i'm will vandervoort we'll see you next week and talk to you later when we talk more about believing clemson football with levon kirkland
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.